This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this live, this live Russo's brand special. I am here with the great Benjamin, and I am here with way past my bedtime, Stevie. And uh, Ben, I got to warn you, we are live. (laughs) We are live. So take that one word and put it in your back pocket and save it for another time. Yeah, man. How you guys doing today? Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad to be back here, man, to be able to talk with you for the last time. Yes. About Bash of the Beach until the next time. And uh, it'll be a good time hanging out with ChannelAttitude.com subscribers and uh, wrestling fans of YouTube. If you really want the inside scoop, you're in the right spot, Vince Russo. YouTube channel right now. So glad to be here. And uh, Big Yanni Cool is in the house. And, yes, I am going to talk about the Bash at the Beach. We are, bro, this is going to be the last time publicly. I am done with it after this. The reason why I'm doing this is, you know, bro, they left a lot out. And I don't want to really diss a vice. I really don't because, bro, at the end of the day, they only had 44 minutes. And this story, like, honestly, bro, would have taken much longer than 44 minutes but they did leave a lot of things out. They left a lot of things out that were really important and really key. And I want to discuss those things today. Guys, if you want to ask any questions, we will throw your questions right here on the screen and we will address them through donations and uh, super stickers, I think they're called. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to ask, guys, just a donation, super sticker, put your question up and we will answer it. Guys, I do want to start off by saying this because, again, I really don't want to – I don't want to um, dis uh, vice at all. I don't want to come across as I'm a victim or anything at all because I'm not. The bottom line is, guys, prior to this, I had done the um, the brawl for all with, with vice, okay? I told them I was not happy with the end product because they decided to turn it into – a Vince Russo, Jim Cornette angle. And that's not what the show was about. And I let them know that. I said, guys, I'm not happy. I, I kind of feel like you pulled one on me because, you know, th- you, you turned it into Cornette versus Russo. And that's old news for me. So, guys, when they came knocking on the door for Bash at the Beach, I got to be honest with you, guys. You know, we're all businessmen here. We you We are all independent contractors for ourselves. Mm. So they came knocking. I said, guys, I told you I wasn't happy with the last one. If you want me to do this, quite frankly, it's going to cost you 10 times more than it costs you to pay me for Brawl for All. And, bro, they agreed to it, and they paid me the money up front. So I want to be perfectly clear, bro. I knew what I was getting into I knew at the end of the day, bro, I had nothing to do with the editing or however they were going to make this story look. 
But to me, you know, right, right off the bat, okay, um, Lance Storm is on this show. And, and my question is, why is Lance Storm on this show other than it is known by everybody? He absolutely hates me. He had nothing to do with Bash at the Beach. Uh, he, he was not involved in any way. And, you know, bro, you had guys like Disco who was literally on the booking committee. And Disco could have told you all about the conversations prior that Booker was going to be the champion. I mean, there, there were some people that knew a hell of a lot more than Lance Storm. So, you know, Ben and CB, I don't want to come across as paranoid, but other than the fact that Lance Storm hates me and has been personally attacking me for the last 20 years, why would he be a part of this documentary? Well, it's called Dark Side of the Ring, not True Side of the Ring or any of this other stuff. So like Ben always says, the salacious negativity and toxicity sells. So they they knew what they were doing, and so does everybody else, because naming Vince Russo is the quickest way to get six-figure views on your YouTube clip where you bury them and do a reaction off Dark Side of the Ring. But but, but here's the point, and I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Ben after this. Here's the point I understand. What gets lost in translation with all this is the fact that you were going to put Booker T over as champion after 14 years in the company, and then Hogan's there with creative control, which, you know, they gave it to him, so that's fine. But you're such a bad guy, but you're the one that brought Booker T's name up in the meeting. Unanimous decision i know you'll tell it in better detail i think people are missing out on that that this was booker t's chance to finally elevate into the main event status and this all kind of glosses that over because that was a pretty big deal for the time and i will also say stevie that was my proudest moment in wrestling giving a guy like that the opportunity he never got before. It was worth the lawsuits, bro. It was worth, uh, you know, everything that, you know, Hogan and Bischoff put me through. It was worth everything to give a guy after 14 years his due. What do you think of Ben? Uh, he's, he showed up early for ring crew and sold the most tickets. That's how he got on the show. I'm not sure. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know that it's strange. And that's just the producers are going to act like producers. And if they can get somebody to say wild shit, they're gonna, where you didn't go at Bischoff, you didn't go at anybody else. Personally, you said <clears throat> your side of the story and how the timeline and how it played out. And whenever you any audience member sees anybody involved who does turn around and go, he's a pathological liar, he's a this or a that, you're covering up for your own deficiency in your own tracks. That's an easy like mm, that. If you got to go low like that, there's something else there that that you're covering up. Especially when Vince doesn't need to do that. And being a business partner, being an independent contractor, being part of ChannelAttitude.com. Never once, and I am quite a psychological character study, <laughs> have I said, have I seen or uh, seen any behavior that has alluded to Vince Russo being any of the things that those people claim to be? And I submit that I work with him on as close a level as they ever did. 
So to, to see some salacious lie or character assassination like that, believe me, if Russo was a, a complete pathological liar, I might be into it more because I'd be like, what makes this guy tick the way he does to pathologically lie like I do other people who just got investigated by the FBI. Uh, so, you know, all that shit is nothing more than fantasy bullshit. And, you know, they didn't, and the, I've had heat with the vice producers before they're paying Vince and he picks the projects he wants. But when they tried to set that up with Cornette, that puts stress on my coworker, business partner and friend. And they try to do the exact same shit with, Bischoff here and to paint that little subversive thing because it's just flavor of the month still to like we need somebody to be the scapegoat let's throw a dart at Russo but then when every question's answered they can only go he's a lie he's a psychopathic liar yeah (laughs) okay dude sure let's uh, let's address save crystal crystal gaming five dollar question i watched expecting it to be a russo bashing but once it ended i felt hulk hogan was the one that looked bad how did you feel with jared's take mm. you know bro listen you, you guys gotta understand jeff jared's been in the business for a very long time um i worked with jeff very closely for a very long time but jeff jared is also a very good worker so yeah. <laughs> no question in my mind, Jeff Jarrett wanted to come across as the victim. And I think Jeff Jarrett did come across <laughs> as the victim. But the reality of it is, guys, he knew nothing about it. Jeff was not in on this. I did not tell Jeff that this was this was a plan that we I had worked out with Eric and Bischoff. Jeff thought this was all a shoot. And uh, I basically said to Jeff, you know, bro, screw him. He's playing creative control. Go out there and lay down for him. Jeff thought this was all real. So I I felt bad about that. I told him the next day everything that had went went down. But, um, yeah, um, yeah, he, 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 uh, you know, bro, was a tough position to put Jeff in, to be honest with you. But um, it's it's the position that they put me in. You want to oh, talk Jeff about Jeff? Made, uh, Sorry, Jeff made the most out of it, though, because I heard uh, from a good source. You, you talk about my baby blues. Uh, Jeff's blonde hair, baby oh, blues. Oh, God, bro. Southern gentleman charm. Always. Our side of the ring doesn't even have a promotion. And he was the world champion after that interview. They booked him on top. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we got well, I gotta say, alley. you want to talk about Jeff Jarrett's best take? I popped huge right in the beginning. He goes, Hi, my name's Jeff Jarrett. Some people call me Double J, others call me. The last outlaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, get me the last outlaw. <laughs> Ali Hammond, uh, Ali Hammond, two dollar super sticker. What do you call two marks in in a cage match? Hell in a hell in cell. Hell in an cell. Hell in an cell. I got. Oh, here's uh, let's see, three croc. I I, I I I am too sick of haters. Or in, on another note. How about the Giants jersey at the Bass? Giants fans still, can we agree? Bonds is a goat grace of all time. Yes, we got. Bro, I even, people don't understand, like, this was a work down to the T. First of all, guys, let me make one thing perfectly clear. I will take a lie detector test tomorrow. Tomorrow. The bottom line is, bro, the entire, the way that entire plan laid out, Hogan and Bischoff knew everything, knew everything. And here's the important part, Ben and Stevie, that that they really missed that. I'm like, guys, why didn't you put that in there? 
So what, what it came down to, guys, was this. He, he was playing his creative control card because, guys, you gotta, you gotta understand this. From, and you guys will understand this 1000%. From a Bischoff Hogan perspective, this is all about money and power. This is all about what puts Hulk in the best position to have the upper hand over WCW. And what is that, bro? For him to be the champion, for him to be the, to have the title. So going into this, they were trying to figure out a way for Hulk to be, win the championship. And that's when they hit me with this kabuki-ish story about Halloween Havoc and all this and the other thing. Well, while they're pitching me that story and I'm understanding loud and clear, Hulk wants to leave with the belt so he will have the upper hand over WCW. They're going to have to continue to book him to pay him, pay him his money or they're going to they're going to have to he's going to have to sue WCW. While he's going through that, through my mind, I'm thinking of, okay, Vince, you've got to come up with a story here on the spot that they're going to buy. Okay, so Hulk literally left the door open for me because when he when he was laying out this story, he said to me, if this were a shoot. That that when he said that to me, the light bulb almost went off in my head because what I said was, Hulk, if this were a shoot, this is how this would go down. You came to the building tonight. You didn't you wanted to play your creative control card. You didn't want to put Jeff Jarrett over me being Jeff Jarrett's friend would go out, go to Jeff and say, Jeff. F him, lay down in the middle of the ring, let him take his creative control, let him take his belt, F him. At that point, you and Eric would be so pissed off that you would leave the building in a huff. Now, guys, the reason why I had to have them leave the building that I explained to them is because once you leave the building, I've got to go back out to the ring and I've got to try to make sense out of a Jeff Jarrett Booker team in the building, you're going to have to come out and kill me. That's why you've got to leave. And that's exactly what what, what uh, Bischoff and Hulk did. They left. I go out to the ring, bro. I cut the promo. I make sense out of Jarrett and Booker. And now we're exactly where we're supposed to be. And, bro, I'll never forget, if anybody knows Hulk Hogan or has ever worked with him, when he gets excited, his eyes become real big, like Stevie. Ben, this is exactly what he said to me that I said on the documentary, and they didn't air it. He said to me, yeah, brother, I like that. Then I'll have a belt, and Booker has a belt, and maybe we could have a match. And I'm like, Hulk, we'll discuss all that on Monday. L let's get through the pay-per-view when I get back from TV, we will discuss all that. We we went out there, bro. We laid it out exactly like we talked about in that trailer. Here's what happened, Ben and Stevie. Everybody believed it. Everybody believed it. The comments of, oh, finally, somebody put Vince Russo in his place. Hogan's at home reading these comments.
and it looks like I got one over on him and he doesn't like it. Okay. On top of that, bro, I never called him because Brad Siegel said, Vince, do not call him. I can't afford to put him on TV. So when one once all that went down, now Bischoff and Hogan are scrambling. You know, Vince said that was the fake belt. So if we never see him on TV again, it doesn't matter. We've got to make sure we keep that WCW money coming in. What do we do? We're going to sue WCW, and we're going to tie Russo into it with a defamation of the character. This, Ben, you know, Stevie, you know in wrestling, this was all about money and power. You you saw Bischoff at the end of the show laughing about the payday Hogan got from WCW. That's what it was all about, Ben, from the beginning. Yeah, and I think uh, the takes that he lays down on this one is for him to ensure that he has a – guaranteed payday in future episodes of dark side of the ring to be a naysayer because i think one thing that we talked about before the raw review this week on channel attitude uh off camera was the tone that vice sets and uh, i gotta give a big shout out to my uh my dude in canada rob rage who played hulk hogan in all the blurred out scenes does the body double work he also doubled hawk for the legion of doom one but when you walk into that trailer, <laughs> they have it as Hulkster, brother, get in here and sit the fuck down. I'm I'm gonna tell you how this goes right Not now. And Bischoff, yeah, he sure is. Give it to him, Terry. And, like and then it was not heated at all. Right, it, and it that's what I'm saying. They heated. set this it was tone. A conversation. They set this tone of I'm right. in creative control, and that's what a show like this needs to do to tear that down in the fans' eyes. Because first impressions, everything. So even if it's a nostalgia, fuzzy lit flashback, they're setting a tone where it's I don't give a shit what you say, dude. And it's not that. It's three grown men sitting at a table going, "What's the best creative options we have?" I, I respect your creative control clause, and you need to protect your brand. Here's what we can do, blah, blah, blah. But then they go, cut the Bischoff. We were high-fiving, tipping beers on the plane, and then all of a sudden my cell phone blew up. But they don't say, Bischoff doesn't go, and I knew why. They just act like they're getting stooged off by Steiner because they weren't smartened up, and that they're now back. They, they waited till we got landed and then did the fucking thing when they were in on it the whole time. Right. And maybe, like many other things, they recorded Bischoff saying that. But that that shit hit the cutting room floor. And welcome to voice editing. Yeah. Well, hold on. We got a uh, we got. How about this, Stevie? Mark D. Brown. We love Stevie. Keep healing, brother. What do you think about that, Stevie? I uh, that warms my heart. Makes me want to work out even harder now. And I know that. Oh, come on. Off. So, Thank you, Mark Brown. You gave me an excuse for two a days for the next month. Uh, Richard Slater, Hogan should have retired after the Goldberg loss. Michael Cassell, Bischoff claimed he didn't know about the facts, but the facts came from Hogan's lawyer agent. How was that never discussed, confirmed in court? Seems odd. How was what? I'm not sure exactly what you're asking, uh, Michael. The, the, The facts was, in fact, brought up in the depositions. That's where I found out about it. Guys, what we're talking about is, After Hogan agreed to do what was written prior to Bash at the Beach, and I thought everything was fine because through Johnny Ace, he he approved the script. 
Friday night, bro, the Friday night before the the bash at the beach, they sent a fax to the WCW office knowing damn well nobody was going to be there. Nobody was going to see the fax. And the fax basically said that Hogan was going to play the um the uh, creative control card and not do the finish. So when I'm when I'm at the building on Sunday, I don't know about this fax. Nobody saw this fact. That's why I was caught blindsided. So I hope that answers your so, uh, question. The thing about that too is I'm going to give people a little bit of a inside look the way the way the boys operate in the locker room. And Ben knows this too, and so do you, Vince. They're going to, what we say, grin F you to your face and say, yeah, brother, that's great. And agree to everything, agree to everything. The minute you leave the room, here come the knives. It's nothing. The business would be a whole lot better if people would argue face to face over creative decisions and try to come to a compromise. If you got, if there was yelling back and forth, I've been in, I've been in production meetings, not as many as you, you guys I don't ever recall anybody yelling, but after the meeting, they're burying everybody quietly exactly, behind everybody's bro. back. Exactly, because there was no yelling or screaming in that trailer. They they gave me their version. I knew their version was Hulk winning the title. I knew I had to get that title on Booker T. I gave them my version, and that's what we agreed to do. But you know, bro, you know, Ben, I always talk about logic. Guys, let, 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 let's look at this logically. Bischoff could not say enough during this documentary. I, I was there to oversee Russo. I was in charge of that. First of all, bro, Brad Siegel never said that to me. Brad Siegel said to me, Vince, I want you and Eric to work together. It was never said, Eric's overseeing you, Eric's your boss. Now, bro, maybe Siegel told that to Eric. I don't know, but that was never told to me. So, bro, you got one hand where Eric's saying, okay, bro, I was overseeing Vince. Then five minutes later, you didn't know Booker T was going to win the title? Wait a minute, bro. You're supposed to be overlooking me. That was your job. Stevie and Ben. There was a production meeting that day where we went over the entire show. Booker T going over Jeff Jarrett was on the format. Everybody knew Booker was beating Jeff at the end of the night. That was the main event. The only one who didn't know that was the guy overseeing me. Does that does that make any sense to anybody? Go ahead, Stevie. Real quick. Every time I say real quick, we get a super sticker, hopefully. There we go. See? Right on time. Um, If Bischoff was supposed to be your boss and oversee you, then he was completely negligent, leaving the building to not oversee you working for the rest of the night. If he's like bosses usually stick around while, okay, I'm just I'm just checking. It doesn't make much sense that way. Yeah. Uh, Ziga with a $2 super second replace shower with Omega laying down Meltzer, give it seven stars. And, and Ben, here's another thing that's so interesting to me. Okay. If he didn't know about Jared and Booker, he knew nothing about this, bro, right? And they leave the building. Bro, what does Eric think the main event is of the show? What, what, what's, what, what's the main event, bro? Like, dude, Eric, what was the main event, bro? 
Look, I'm not going to sit here and let you guys <laughs> do this any longer. Some people have to deal with the show and main event finishes and booking the card. Other people have to keep denying Illuminati influence and have to come up with new handshakes and things backstage in order to get the show going the way it needs to be. So everybody has their own job. Some of us have to work on our cool guy handshakes. Others have to book the main event finish. You can't expect everybody to know everything all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's those types of logical flaws, bro, that lead this to either it's editing and they're cutting the truth to make it fit a story that's more salacious or he's really believes that, and that's what he doesn't know. Like, there's no way you could go from running WCW, being fired, being back on the team, and then being the top guy working with the creative, uh, uh, you know, of Hulk Hogan and booking it, and not know what the finish is going to be. That's impossible. There's no way possible that 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 anybody would be able to do that. Before you get to the super chat, there, Vince. I also want to point out too, and this this is something that out of respect for Hogan and his contributions to wrestling, because without Hogan in the eighties, I don't think any of us would even be a part of the business sure. doing what we're doing, continuing. It's kind of a cheap move for Brad Siegel, no pun intended, to tell you he can't afford Hogan, but then ghost Hogan and not sit him down and go, listen, we can't afford this anymore. So from top to bottom, it's Absolutely. just, it's just a bunch of people that are avoiding confrontation. It's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dominic Carter, 499. Thank you, Dominic. I like text Vince. Why WCW thought so highly of Jeff Jarrett's the main event talent? Did Jeff really draw money as world champion? Someone knew it wasn't, it wasn't WCW, uh, Dominic. It was me. And I will tell you the number one reason why I put the belt on Jeff, and it wasn't because he was my friend. I never did that throughout my entire career. Bro, look at Jeff Jarrett's entire career, and you will see one thing, and Stevie will tell you this is amazing. Throughout his entire career, bro, Jeff started wrestling when he was 14, 15 years old, okay? He's, he's 54 now, okay? Throughout his entire career, Jeff Jarrett never got hurt. Never. So first and foremost, bro, I needed somebody in that spot who was dependable at, that I knew wasn't going to get hurt, was going to be the champion, and Jeff was number one on that list. Number two, bro, you could say whatever you want about Jeff Jarrett. One of the best heels that I ever worked with that knew 1,000% how to get baby faces over. Jeff Jarrett could get baby faces over, plus the fact that he was a great worker. So th those three reasons was why I decided to put the belt on Jeff. Hey, guys, I, I got to ask you this, because th this is a fascinating thing to me. As I'm watching this documentary, it is clear to everybody the bottom line is this. Hulk Hogan had a creative control card at WCW, and I don't blame Hogan for that at all. That's all on WCW, bro. If you can get creative control, get it. But it's clear. One thing is clear, I think, throughout this documentary. Hogan had the creative control card, and all, like Jeff Jarrett said, all Hogan was looking to do was what was best for him. He didn't care about the company. He didn't care about Booker. He didn't care about WCW. He didn't care about Jeff Jarrett. All he cared about was 
what was best for him. So the way this story winds up, Vince Russo, the character, you know, tells Hulk Hogan, shove your creative control up your ass. That belt doesn't mean anything. So the fact of the matter is, bro, the way Hogan and Bischoff are portrayed in this high-fiving on the plane, we got six figures out of WCW, yada, yada, yada. Ben and Stevie, would I not be the hero if I said, yeah, bro, I really did screw him. He knew nothing about that promo. F Hulk Hogan. Yes, I did put him in his place like somebody should. Bro, I would have been a hero and a cult figure if I had said that. But that's not what happened, bro. What happened is we were all in on it. All of a sudden, Hogan sitting at home with no clear plans worried about WCW not using him because, bro, he got paid some ridiculous amount every time he showed up on television. So now, you know, he's kind of on the outside looking in, doesn't know exactly what's going to happen, doesn't know if he's going to get that paycheck. Next thing you know, he never knew anything about the promo defamation of character. But, I mean, Stevie, doesn't it make sense that if – it, if if they knew nothing about it, I would claim the victory and look like a hero? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it looks like, that everybody was copacetic with each other until the internet got involved, and he was reading, allegedly reading comments, and we were allegedly consultants, so there's a lot of allegedly going around. <laughs> but I, but I do, I don't understand. This would have been on the level of a Montreal screwjob type thing. There would have been business to be done and Hogan might have been worth the money to Brad Siegel if it was like, look at everything that's being generated. This, this is good stuff. Yeah, right. right. I mean, even then, I mean, looking looking at this stuff, I mean, it, what's the common denominator on all these people, why they keep popping up and keep being relevant, keep getting paid by Dark Side of Ring? Because Bischoff and Jared and everybody else got paid as well. Nobody did it for free. Right. Vince Russo and what Dark Sided Ring and Vice try to do, and that's where I'm with Ben, that I don't appreciate it, but I understand that's their model. They just use Vince Russo as their heel to try to draw other people out to book these feuds to continue this. So I, I don't get it. I mean, I'm glad we're here now making the most out of it. Yeah, exactly. We'll capitalize. But Ben, do you, do you understand what, what I'm saying is I would have been so over if I would yeah. have said, yeah, it wasn't a work. I, I went out there on my own. And bro, here's, here's another huge. Yeah, so my point is, why the fuck didn't you do that? You could have been over. But, but Ben, here's, a, here's another huge hole with Bishop. See, they don't understand, bro. They think they're smarter than they really are. But if you look at this, you'll see so many holes. So Bischoff claimed, oh, you know, him, him and Hogan came up with us this idea what Russo said didn't matter, and Brad Siegel agreed to it, right? That's exactly what he said. Now, if that were the case, Ben, and I went against Brad Siegel and went into business for myself, don't you think I would have got fired when I got back to Atlanta going against the network, the network president who said, no, Vince, me and Eric talked. This is how you're going to do it. And I say, yeah, OK, Brad. Then I go into business for myself. 
You mean to tell me Brad Siegel wouldn't have fired me the minute he saw me, bro? I think you had an opportunity there. If that happened, you would have just come out and said, Brad Siegel, I'm tired of your old bullshit. You're, you're not you're not fit for this uh, corporate lifestyle and take your ass home. I've got a new corporation leader for you. And you just instill somebody else. You just keep that game up, sending people home and tell them they're not worth anything anymore. So, uh, yeah, that's him playing. Go ask your mother. Go ask your father. And then when he's put in the corner, it's the last guy who gets to him to be like, which which way do you want to go? Okay, we'll go with Hulk and uh, Bischoff's way. The part that's interesting to me is that that meeting went down, and then they play dumb and try and Jedi mind wipe it as they go into the lawsuit, knowing that now when they're doing deposition, that they have to play dumb to what they really knew. You know what I mean? So now you're lying to the courts, and the foundation for your lawsuit is based off of information you know but you're playing dumb to so how do you expect to win top that off though the basis of the lawsuit and my wife laughed for a good 15 seconds i go do you know that hulk hogan sued russo for defamation of character of hulk hogan and she goes that's not a real person. <laughs> never went to law school, knew more. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what both judges said, right? Yep, exactly. Yep. Good, good question by Michael Diana. Thank you, Michael. Why in the world go on with Hogan in the match at all? Why not just make Jared versus Booker for the main event and not do all the stupidity with Hogan? Because, bro, Hogan was written in the, in the original script. There was an earlier match with Hogan and Jarrett, bro, that was already written. So, you know, I could not, you know, in in all this turmoil with Hogan and his creative control, at that point, I couldn't have written him off of the show. So I had to try to work as closely to the show at that point as I I possibly could. Does that make sense? Yeah, but 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 it would have been cheaper for Brad Siegel and WCW to pay Hogan his daily nut instead of the supposed seven figure lawsuit by 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 paying him not to be on the pay per view probably would have been better. And once again, I go back to Booker. Booker's the one that suffered and got glossed over with a I world agree. title one. One thousand percent, Stevie, yeah. and that's that that's the sad part. Real quick here from Mark D. Brown. Thank you, Mark. Love when HBK oversells Hogan's moves. That 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 one that's one of the greatest videos of all time. The greatest greatest videos of all I, time. I want a dark side of the ring on what happened there. Oh like god. Yeah. How that how that kind of came to be. That's pretty interesting. Troy, they, see, bro, he, bro, bro, Troy's my boy. Stevie yeah. and Ben, I, 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 Troy and I have hooked yeah, up. He's not feeling too good. And wow. this is how, this oh is how I'm finding. This is how I'm oh finding my. out Troy's in the hospital. Troy didn't text me. Troy says I may be going back in the hospital. Now I'm finding he's day six of fourteen, and now, now you got heat with me, Troy. You got you got big heat with me. Hey, uh, you well, buddy. I will, well. I will, uh, I will uh, text you, Troy, right after this. I did not know you were in the. Yeah, hospital. you'll be in our prayers. I know exactly what it feels yeah. like to be in a hospital for. Half of the time you're in there, Troy. So, man, I'm I think sorry. I think he's got a big uh, dose of pre NFL San Francisco 49ers aren't going to do shit syndrome this year. Very well, yeah. I agree. Around. Ben, anything <laughs> else you'd like to add from you know just your your takeaway or Stevie? You know, just just your takeaway. Are you guy, listen, bro. We you know we're all boys. 
Yeah, bro. The thing that fascinates me more than anything with with Bischoff calling me a um, what 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 type of liar am I? Psych a pathological liar, bro. If anybody out, bro, people that know me, especially you know Stevie, bro. Do you really think I'm gonna lie about something like this at 62 years old? Bro, bro, you know, you know, bro, but you know, I, I think there are certain, <laughs> certain times when you would lie, Ben. I swear to God, bro. I, th I really think there are two times when, when uh, somebody would be forced to lie. Okay. Two, two, two times. Number one, I think if a spouse is cheating on their husband or wife, that you may lie there. Okay. Yeah. That may call for a lie. Number two, Ben and Stevie, this would definitely call for a lie if you killed somebody. Okay, if you killed somebody, you would probably lie and deny it. Outside of that, at this point in my life, I can't I can't imagine what I would be lying over, let alone a wrestling incident from 25 years ago, bro. Well, that's the Hillary Clinton trifecta right there. <laughs> yeah, they act like he has a Clinton body. Yeah, I was just saying. All right, we're we're at Epstein Island and we're killing people in the park. All right, what's next here on the list? Uh, Rucho admits to killing people on a live. <laughs> <laughs> Dark side of the psychopathic liar. And um, listen, bro, and I, and I do want to say this uh, publicly. I want to do reinstate this. I still believe. Uh, that Lance Storm looks like Eric Bischoff's illegitimate son. Which I makes still, him angry. Absolutely, bro. Like, I got no problem with that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, uh, you know, I was going to slam him and say, it just reminds me of looking at an old catcher's mitt every time he comes right. up on the screen. But uh, uh, the thing with Meltzer. Get you know, me catcher's mitt. <laughs> yeah, get me catcher's mitt face. Oh, yeah. smack him in the face. Uh, what was the line? Oh, um, they asked Mark, him, Mark did, the is, yeah, I'm sorry. The comment said Mark side of the ring. I love <laughs> that. Sorry, uh, Melzer Russo, bad for wrestling. Uh, and he says, Yeah, there. And I and I just stopped to myself and go, The guy who's got the proven ratings and outside the box from the southern fried bullshit creative or stupid Japanese strong style stuff that makes zero sense. Uh, that Russo is the guy that was bad for wrestling. You want to know what's bad for wrestling? Guys who have credit, who have zero credibility, but the fans put over because they're nothing more than a two thumbs up or a five star match, and that they put out a PWI 500 that guys put their friends on or politic, and that that's what sets some weird standard when it's all made by marks that has no real uh, gravitas in wrestling whatsoever. And that the new generation marks out to get a five-star rating for, from this guy. And Vince is the one that's bad for wrestling. All those things are the, what crushed wrestling in the last 20 years, PWI 500 do as many spots as you can. And you don't have to get booked anywhere, but one promotion. And we're going to put you on at number four fourteen. next year. You'll be number two thirty nine with a bullet. When you do a shooting star press onto somebody on a flaming table, like that's what has ruined the psychology of wrestling of turning workers into marks to get on some list that's made by fanboys who've never trained, done this or drawn a dime. And then their, you know, crown prince is over here trying to give people matches and he, he couldn't, he's never even locked up in the ring. 
and he's supposed to be the one that's the end-all, be-all, those are the people that were bad for wrestling. Those are the ones in the last 30 years that have torn the level of this industry down. And like I said, anytime in these types of dark side of the ring, when anybody (laughs) puts the finger on somebody and shits on them, it's usually their own stuff because they can't look in the mirror and see the problem is me. I I love, bro, when he referred to me and Eric as two dishonest people and then he goes on to say that that my three months during my three months at WCW, the ratings went down. Do you guys really think that I am going to state on national TV? Do you really believe that I'm going to say during my three months at WCW, the ratings went up when I know anybody can look up those ratings, bro? What I say it because it's a fact. Let I me get. It. Let me do the get out of jail on this one for him though, because the way they posed it, and I was like, ah, oh, they left it open ended. Week by week, your ratings were up. There was one week I think that they were down, but it was still below or above where when you weren't there, right? So you, even at your lowest, you were taking over a sinking ship, patching holes, trying to keep everything afloat from it all sinking. Yep, and then he says that. And they're like, but the ratings were up. He goes, well, when you compare month to month, they actually were down. Now they cut right there. He His quantification will be month to month, September, October, whatever, August, September, October of the year before were up. And now look at these are down because of that. So we hit the iceberg, take on water, and then this guy's bailing the boat out. But let's compare it to when we were still afloat. So they they don't put that in there, but that's his little quantifier of I'm right in this stat where we can juke any metric that we want to try and make our, make our story look a certain way. Well, Ben, I'm gonna. I just want to share the screen. I've done this. I've done this uh, since since this came out. I've done this on a couple of shows. So, bro, we we can put this to bed once and for all because I'm demanding a retraction from Dave Meltzer. Because, guys, uh, let, let me first go. Hollywood plans guy, two dollars. Plans, huh? plans change. Yeah, yeah forgive yeah. me, but who include the finger poke of doom? I, yeah, I was not there for that Hollywood. That this was is not now, these are the amounts paid out in NDAs for yeah, no, Vince. Guys, let, let, let's <laughs> clear this up once and for all. Okay, these are the numbers that Meltz is talking about. Okay, yeah. bro, six months prior to me and Ed Ferrara, they, they're averaging a 3.17. Okay, Ed Ferrara and myself come in for 13 shows. And like you said, Ben, we number one, we got to stop the bleeding. Number two, we've got to tear down their building. Number three, we got to start building a new foundation. That was our game plan. Sure. Bro, we went from a 317 to a 3.21. And this is where Meltzer says the, the ratings went down. In those three months, here here are the numbers, boys. These are the numbers. Now, Ben, look what happens when we leave. Eleven weeks after, they're down to a two point seven eight. Yeah. These are the numbers, bro. Not, not only did you stop the bleeding, you you cauterized the wound and were able to. And then when the politics came, they stabbed themselves all over again and watched themselves bleed out. These bro. this this bro, this ain't made up. This ain't an opinion. These are the factual numbers. I demand a retraction from the journalist Dave Meltzer because what he did, bro, was he lied on national 
television. And Either that or they caught him. They caught him and it was a usual Meltzer where Meltzer would have gone. No, the ratings went down uh, or actually they may have gone up as well. I'm not sure on yeah, that one. Exactly. But that's, see, guys, that's why I laugh and I mock you call yourself a journalist, bro. These numbers are out there for everybody to see. You can see the truth. You go on national television and state the opposite, and you're a journalist, bro? No, bro, you're not a journalist. You're a freaking joke. Well, I want to I just, before you get to that sticker, too, it doesn't matter with these people. And actually, he's more of what normal society is like today. Nobody cares about facts. It's like a drive-by insult, and that's what sticks because it's more sexy and salacious, as Ben says. And I, I said the words. Yeah, like, oh, yeah I didn't lose him. It looks like he's been wow. catching. It looks like he's been in the bullpen for the Giants, ca- taking warm-up pitches, catching him with his face. Yeah, Maybe bro. for him. What? Yeah. Me? Yeah, I want, not you. Day, day You're handsome. You look like... You know, no, you know what he looks like? Jesus. Show him your abs. Show him your abs. Give me abs. Uh, I, I'll tell you what it looked like, and I'm not doing ad hominem, but it's just funny because one of my favorite movies is The Rock. And when the soldier got locked in with the VX gas in that room and his face started to bubble, that's – here you go. <laughs> Get me. Hold on, man. Let me. Let me. I got it. I got it. I got it. Well, basically, the mental gymnastics is more of the norm anyway, because each and every week he is pretty much wrong. And then he just says plans change and they continue to pay him a subscription every month. So explain that, Ben. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to, I mean, the, the, uh, you know, to tear that down. There's no reason that any of these fans should be paying any attention to the PWI 500 or anything that guy's got to say. And then he puts over AEW. We were just looking at the numbers, 3.21, which was low during that era. It's still saved. He puts over a show that draws 0.21 every yeah, week. Exactly. Bro, exactly. <laughs> so if, if it was that alone, he'd be like, this is abysmal every week to draw a 0.21. no. Best Dark Order match we've ever seen. Oh, okay. All right, we've got some punk, bro. Hey, bro, this is a this is a huge event because some punks usually tighten a wallet, bro. Oh, we wow. got $5 out of Young Punk to say, love Vincenzo sewing some chesticles with the low-cut yeah. jerseys. Stevie, what's your favorite video game? Great question, man. Love you, Vincenzo. Love well, you. I, I will sum it up in this statement. NFL 2K5 is the greatest football game and the greatest video game ever made. I still play it to this day, and it's better than Madden 23, and it will be better than Madden 24. Isn't Wait a minute. You're saying 2K5 2005? It still has challenges that you can choose. It still has instant replay. It still has the ESPN halftime show with Chris Berman. It has dynamic stuff in each and every year. Operation Sports has a guy they sometimes charges 20 bucks. You get the updated rosters, updated stadiums, oh, wow. franchises, everything. So it's a brand new game every year. It is beyond it. I know it's almost 20 years old. It still blows Madden out wow. of the world. Wow. How about that? How 100%. about that? Uh, Alb S799. Thank you. Vince, been following your content since 2014, all the way from down under, bro. Glad the documentary did you justice. <laughs> did it, bro? I don't know about that. You did what was right at Bash It to be. Yeah, Ben, I don't, bro, the fact that I even appeared in this thing, I don't think did me justice, Ben. What do you think? 
I disagree. Uh, and, you know, and we're all uh, great friends and I'm super thankful for that, man. But even where I have to take notes and commentary, this shit flashes me back to being 20 years old and in college and, and, and watching and, and my buddies sitting there by my side, who's no longer with us where we would tape nitro and watch raw and then go back. And then ECW would be on it. Who knows what time and watch the Stevie. And I sit here with both of you guys. And sometimes, uh, you know, the fanboy inside of me, uh, still has to be kept down because, uh, it's been a crazy journey for me, but to even watch some of that footage, I could flash back to my college house watching it, man. So I, I don't know if you guys have the true vision because you were so inside the bubble and working with the greatest talents in the history of wrestling of the impact that it really did have on the fans. So even though you may, it may drum up some feelings for you personally, because you lived it for those of us watching it to go back there and revisit it and see the inside that had a huge impact on a lot of us during, you know, and being as controversial as it is. So I really enjoyed it, and I was proud of you, and I think you handled yourself like a true professional, and everybody who had to go attack you ad hominem exposed themselves, and I thought you were great, dude. I enjoyed it. I I appreciate that, bro. I do. Uh, Mark D. Brown, Vince, come on, a Blue Jays jersey. Go Dodge as well. This is a Vlad Jr. uh, jersey, bro, so I'm not a Blue Jay fan, but this is a a Vlad Jr. jersey. Let's see. Matthew Pura, Fight Isles. Keep up the great work. Vince, Ben, and Stevie, thank you very, very much, Matthew. Guys, listen, man, if there's any questions from that, from that, um, Doc, bro, I'll be, I'm, I'm here, bro. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I've got nothing to hide. Anything you want to ask me, I'm here. Guys, what about this, bro? What about this, Leandro? A hundred dollars. Holy Standing ovation. Standing ovation. Not you, Stevie. Not you. Oh, not you. Yeah, no, 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 no. Come on. Now. Wow, Leandro, that is uh, that is awesome. Stand bro. back. Oh, I think God. that's Hogan, actually. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> Let's see, Brandon the Ru- Runer. Hogan was like this all of his career. AWA, WWF, WCW, WWE. He is a selfish person all his life. And hi to Stevie Riches and great job, Vince Russo. Stevie, I want to ask you this. I want to ask you this. I want to ask you this, Ben. You guys are workers. You guys are the boys. I'm not the boys. Guys, let's let's let let's be honest with Hulk. I don't have anything bad to say about Hulk whatsoever at all. I got I have zero problem with Hulk. But Stevie and Ben, let let let's be honest. From day one of the professional wrestling business. When, when the wrestlers were set up as independent contractors, okay, what the promoter was doing was he was setting these wrestlers up against each other. There was no team atmosphere. There was no rah-rah. It was every man for himself. That's what an independent contractor means. The, the higher up the card, the most prominent the spot, the most money you make. So, bro, it really comes down to the survival of the fittest because you're in a shark tank and everybody wants to become number one. And for a lot of people, they'll do whatever it takes to be number one. I want to pose this question to you guys. 
Like what? What is the like when you look at Hulk Hogan and this guy is saying his whole career he was selfish? Well, bro, that's the wrestling business. You, you, in some aspect, you have to be selfish. But Stevie, I guess what I'm asking is, what is too selfish? In in other words. Was Hulk wrong with what he did, not caring about Jeff, not caring about Booker, not caring about the locker room, mm. only caring about himself? Because Hulk knows there are guys nipping at his ankles. There are guys that want to bring him down. When, when, when does it become too much, bro, where it becomes all about you? That's a tough question, Stevie. Well, it overwhelms each and every talent if they let it. And and that's kind of an explanation of why Eileen went so far within the hierarchy of each company. Because I didn't want to spend 75, 85, sometimes 95% of my energy politicking, which is in essence is code word, for trying to bury everybody else that could potentially take the spot that I want. The, the Hogan thing is kind of sad because it's absolutely sad, actually. Because you hear the name Hulk Hogan should be an instant booking, instant appearance. If you have a company, you should want to bring Hulk Hogan in. Why does Hulk Hogan at that point need to play politics to keep a Booker T, a Scott Stein, or Goldberg? I'm not saying he did it like maliciously or he did it purposely, but why is that atmosphere where a Hulk Hogan has to basically keep talent down to keep himself up there? then that's a, a terrible example because if Hulk Hogan has to do that, then everybody, it's all bets are off. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. really poor example. Yeah. <laughs> and that could be why we're, where we're at now where a lot of talents like an LA Knight and other people, Oh, he's hard to deal with. He's a bad guy. This, you know, just trying to think of any reason not to push this guy's it's right on the verge. Yeah. I, I see a lot of similarities with that. And you know, Ben, you know, I, I, I guess, Ben, that's what I'm saying. My God, bro, Hogan had been a headliner since, you know, the, the 80s, bro. And oh my God, bro, constantly, tr- you know, trying to keep that spot on top. There, yeah. There's a part of me, Ben, that doesn't blame him. I think it can be summed up easy as the pimp game. Don't hate the player. Hate the game, dude. You can't you can't hate him for operating inside of that, and especially when he was such a mega draw and 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 the foundation of the business in the eighties with him and Andre and the biz they did that people were making five, ten times as much if you were on the Hogan loop while he was main eventing. You would be going from three, four hundred bucks to two grand, even if you were in the opening match, just based on how the house was selling. So he shouldered that, and then parlaying that in the nostalgia or you know whatever he was getting off TBS. Then it becomes about ego as well, and you have to protect that brand and transition into whatever you do. But to be even be like, ah, eh, we got Hulk Hogan. We're not going to use him on the show. Fuck that. <laughs> that's a that's an absurd idea. You know what I mean? You just got to find the right way to slot him in. That's going to pay homage to all the weight that he carried to that. And that's point. what I was trying to do. That's yeah, exactly and you did. What I, was I think you to did. Do. And and at the same time, the game still has to be played. So. Hulk Hogan's creative creative control is a veto policy, but at the expense of the fans, at the expense of Booker T, at the expense of drawing best business, at the expense of making the best show possible. And that's what happens when you play the game out and you have a guy that's up here 
what's he supposed to do? Roll over and go, you know what? Fuck it. You guys do what you want. I'll leave 20 million on the table, bro. No, no. What Hogan used to do, Hogan used to have the attitude from what I've heard from the talents that worked him was he was searching for these monsters to work with. He needed people to draw money with. Yes. Booker T could have been that next guy. Jeff Jarrett could have been the second guy. So what are we doing here? He didn't do anything to further the business or protect WCW or anything like that. He literally wanted to hurt everybody around him. Well, once again, I'll say it. It can't be said enough, including especially Booker T. And he didn't care. And as a matter of fact, he got a million dollars or more for doing that. So rewarding bad behavior. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ben Moon, thank you very much. How could Vice not fact check Meltzer with a graphic or voiceover? Because, bro, that's the world we live in. Wow. (laughs) Why doesn't the National Enquirer cite their sources on the main page? (laughs) Guys, I had this conversation with Disco today. Maybe you guys can help me uh, with this. Maybe you guys can help me. Bro, listen, if Stevie, Ben, we all love professional Mm -hmm. sports, okay? Bro, if you're representing a paper or a station or a, a, a podcast, whatever, and you're p- putting misinformation out there, bro, chances are you're probably going to be fired, okay? You're going to be held accountable. Bro, that is the problem with the professional wrestling media. Nobody's holding these people accountable, bro. Nobody's putting up uh, g- graphics and numbers like I just did. So, bro, they're throwing out there whatever they want to throw out there, bro. Nobody's holding them accountable. But, Ben, this is what blows my mind. These are the people the WWE are inviting to a post-WrestleMania press conference? So- somebody's got to explain that to me. Well, we, we got to make moments. And these are the guys that are going to make the moments. (laughs) (laughs) All right, hold on. Hold on, girl. Guys, wait a minute. I did a lot of things as Ronaldo Piven. A lot of great things, but nothing has ever brought me the attention as like a moment with Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns in the in a WrestleMania scrum or or CM Punk staring me down. So when you're you're in that moment. And you got somebody you know you're that's super talented or whatever, and, and you can make a moment like that. Yeah, moment. No, been been serious. Been in- <laughs> I love you, hey bot. Bro, listen, I understand Tony Khan with the scrums. He wants to be so beloved by the marks and the dirt sheets. I get that. Why in the world, Ben and Stevie, are the WWE doing this? I don't know why they're there. They think that uh, we they've got it. We might as well do it, too. And they just don't understand oversaturation or protecting the boys and protecting the storyline and giving these guys access is the absolute worst thing possible. Just stick with Mike Johnson pipeline via Paul Heyman and the Stooge Report. Just <laughs> stick with that. The, the, the second you let these guys in here, now you've lowered the superstar level of the characters you invested in by letting them interact with complete fan boys everybody looks like such a bro a you know the fir- you know the first thing they say stevie before before they ask the question before nick houseman asks the question you know what's the first thing that everybody says stevie can i ask a question no congratulations on your oh. victory <laughs> oh my god bro, why, are you, 
high, bro? Like, what is going on here, man? I've been you've been around Vince when someone comes up and puts something over to him, and he has no idea what it is, and he goes, "Love your stuff, pal." <laughs> and I can see like them going up and saying, "Hey, did you watch my interview with this person?" That the oh, we made a moment. Oh yeah, I love that stuff, pal. Yeah. A Brian Honecker with a 499. <laughs> Super sticker. Thank you, Brian. Let's see. We Brian. Got Reverend Robbins. What was the rarest baseball card I ever had? Or you guys been? Were you ever a baseball card collector? Uh, I'm a McGuire guy. Oh, shit. Got him right here. All, all Mark oh, McGuire's. All McGuire's. I would say, uh, yeah, all McGuire's. I would say the McGuire USA card or the McGuire Mother's Cookie set is a very rare set that I have. Uh, some actually his 1982 Glacier Pilots College card from Anchorage, wow, Alaska nice. would be the would be the one that it's a small card and it's actually in black and white with a blue border. So if anybody wants to buy a Mark McGuire collection, uh, I'm your guy. So. Yeah. I have quite a few uh, Willie Mays cards that uh, that I really love because I, I got to watch Willie Mays play. Um, yeah. I, I I actually had a a Mickey Mantle card. I mean, I, I I've sold all my cards, but my I love Mays this is, one though. That's an awesome McGuire there. Oh my Mickey god, look Mantle. how young! Before yeah, you moved to Florida. 80s, yeah. <laughs> um, I let me plug my clients though, uh, because HMG does have local clients. If you are our sports uh memorabilia collector, check out Seventh Inning Stretch on Facebook, Seventh Inning Stretch Cooperstown, New York, right next to the Baseball Hall of Fame, and also Cooperstown Connection co owned stores. But the most incredibly uh, incredible autographs from every era of baseball. I mean, he's got <laughs> Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth balls and uh, assigned to everybody up to Volpe and everybody else today. So if you're looking for any Anything from Mike Tyson belt autographs. There's just unbelievable stuff in their store. Yeah, Mark McGuire looked like he got a spine infection in that car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jackson, four ninety nine. Nothing worse. Very nice. Yeah, I used to have that car. Yeah, uh, nothing worse than hearing from Dave Meltzer. He acts like Olympic summer, but never dove in the pool. Well, let, let, speaking of Dave Meltzer, let's hear from uh, Dave Meltzer, shall we? You guys up for it? Oh, can't wait. Here we go. <laughs> I don't anticipate ever seeing giving another match seven stars, but if I do, then it'll be a wonderful thing for wrestling. Yeah, it'll be a wonderful thing. It for would us. be a great day for wow. us. Wow, he thinks very highly of himself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys pronounce this name. I'm not going near it. Go ahead, Stevie. Avalanche, like avalanche, but avalanche. What do you think, Ben? Uh, Avalanche, part apple, part Comanche. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of Seth Gold saying you're booking? So, who is Seth Gold? I think he's talking about Seth Rollins. I believe. You think he's the only Seth I know? I think. Yeah, I think. I think if Rollins said he sucked, we'd be hearing about it. You know, or. you know, his uh, wife, well, maybe would, say, kind of his wife would say, who dis, who dis, who dis, dis you, who dis you. Bro, you got to you gotta understand one thing about me. Bro. Seth Rollins really bully, bully. Like, honestly, bro, it, it, whether you like my work or not, it's all subjective, bro. Everybody looks at it differently. So quite frankly, bro, like if, if, if you did not like what I wrote, I honestly, bro, I don't care. Here's what I care about. Don't freaking lie about shit. 
when you lie about something, I'm going to have a real problem. If you didn't like my work, you didn't like my work, bro. What do you think? I was going to write and everybody was going to love what I did? That, that's, that's an impossibility. All right, Joe Karate met Stevie back at the WWE restaurant with wow, my mom back in 2001. He was such a nice guy. Thanks for the great show, guys. You remember Joe Karate, Stevie? I remember almost every part. Day. In 2001, that would be right at the end of Right to Censor where I hosted. I think I hosted here or one of the pay-per-views. I'll say this. I probably took as much food from WWE New York as my yearly guarantee in WWE. I was getting every bit of the <laughs> I want to know I want to know if Joe Karate's mom was hitting on Stevie. Joe Karate, ask your mom if she was hitting on Stevie. You might have been too young to understand. <laughs> Jackson 199, nothing worse than hearing from Meltzer's mouth. I am not going to argue with that. Bro, the gunslinger, Jeff Jarrett in the house. Yeah, the last outlaws in the house. <laughs> Wrestlers today wrestle so ridiculously that the bar set is unattainable to most guys who have the look and move well in the ring are shunned. Wow, man. Speak on that, you two guys. What do you think about that? Uh, you can go right back to the reason why I said earlier with with six-star ratings from people who don't matter and PWI 500 lists that are absolutely ridiculous as opposed to character-based wrestling or fundamentally safe wrestling or not making everything a reinvention of an indie Kenny Omega match and trying to have the girls do that with thigh slaps and every other goddamn thing and actually – putting long-term business and a storyline together so the moves actually mean something because without them, they, they're pretty much meaningless and we can turn the channel and not hold anybody's attention. One thing from Bash at the Beach uh, that I really picked up on too was looking back and feeling like I'm 20 again was look at, you even said it, we had fast matches, backstage action, da-da-da, crash TV, you laid out the definition. What do we have now? Cookie cutter, opening. 15-minute follow-up. Somebody makes their own match to have another match. A bad backstage vignette. Nothing off-site. Nobody's throwing belts off bridges. Nobody's driving monster trucks on the goddamn roof. Nobody's fighting in the grocery store. All in the back where we go cut to the green room. Somebody's staring at a pepper necklace. Oh, this is gripping TV. <laughs> like that, that, That's the biggest problem is they had the format. Yeah. And I come from Chicago Improv, if you, and the formless form, the Bruce Lee, Jake Kundo, is everything. We understand where we're going to go in the show. What we plug in creatively switches every week. And we can have different formats that we set down that have been successful and then plug the creative into them, how we need to chop the show up. But nobody's saying that is the number one reason of why. And really, that's without Vince McMahon, without Vince Russo, that's where they fail the most in, in being able to make the show exciting just in the edits and the transitions alone of the scenes. I think the more egregious thing is that they didn't have nearly as much money back then doing it as they do now and not doing it. Like they, they just sold the company for almost $10 billion. They already had um, hundreds of millions, if not a billion at that point, you could be, dude, you could have matches in every city every week and live, live stream the whole thing, you know? I just don't understand when you have that much money. Like you were there, Vince. They were fighting for their financial lives. Oh yeah, bro. They, so were, why, they were. What, yeah. what did Vince say? Just question. What did Vince say 
in order to make all this stuff happen? Did he ever give you pushback that this was too never. expensive or anything never, like that? Bro. Never, never. So what happened to that guy? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, man. Because you figure um, if you're a billionaire and you're that rich, you want to go balls to the wall and you want, you want to see shit blow up and you want to. Just let's go have fun. I'm a billionaire. Yeah, can, dude. Well, they had want. fun today. How about that? I mean, we're here. We might as well do a little. Yeah, uh, we, 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 okay, hold on, Ben. Yeah. We will. Uh, let me give you a warning beforehand. I didn't even what, say it. I didn't even say the word. May, you know what? What you think they may have been searching for in the house? Oh. Ben, <laughs> we're live. Please, I need my YouTube income. Well, go ahead, Ben, because bro, this is what everybody should be thinking about. I swear right? to God, Stevie, dynamite tonight's dynamite, and the lineup is more important than the freaking Vince McMahon story, bro. Of course, it's only uh, the cops and search warrants. <laughs> We want to see see who's going to bump on the apron. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Who's going to take a a Death Valley driver on the apron kick out on one instead? I wanted to know, what was your reaction when you you first saw this this morning? I only seen the headline, so I'm going to read it right now. Hey, pal, nobody's smarting me up to what the hell's going on. Vince McMahon served with a subpoena search warrants by federal agents. Uh, World Wrestling Entertainment Chairman Vince McMahon was served a search warrant by federal law enforcement last month. The company revealed in a Securities and Exchange Commission filing on Wednesday, CNBC reports, WB said it had received voluntary and compulsory legal demands for documents from federal law enforcement regulation agencies concerning investigation and related subject matters pretty vague, in uh, relation to an ongoing investigation onto the allegations of McMahon, 77, paid tens and millions in hush money to female employees following public accusations of sexual misconduct. WWE also acknowledges that McMahon, quote, went on to leave after undergoing major spinal surgery beginning July 21st and will remain on medical leave until further notice, but will remain executive chairman during its quarterly report to the SEC. WWE referred to the subpoena and search warrant as, quote, a continuation of the investigation that commenced last summer when reached uh, for comment by CNBC, quote, WWE has cooperated thoroughly and fully and understands and respects the government's need for the complete process. And McMahon says, I have always denied any intentional wrongdoing and continue to do so, pal. I'm confident that the government's investigation will be resolved without any findings of wrongdoing. So, uh, you know, it's not uh, when I saw the SEC thing, that was just where they announced it because that's what I expected them to get. You know, if the FBI and IRS are showing up, you could go back through the last five years when they were a public company being traded and watch that stock price go from $20 to $120 and every other quarter watch game staff and and other uh high high ranking officials there cash out millions so they they have the insider trading knowledge of everything that's going on but they play dumb and they just happen to cash their stock in before they knew there was going to be a dip uh i thought that was going to be about but it's still this is all about bj money and what else do we have we've got the bobby ashley lawsuit over, uh, you know, racially insensitive uh, uh, remarks backstage where we claim to be a corporate culture of inclusivity. We played that card back uh, starting about WrestleMania 24. And then we also have the lawsuit from MLW 
of uh, monopolistic business practices. So are those other lawsuit teams sharing information? That's interesting to me. And if they only came for him for the blowjob money, where, when are they going to come? Here's the bottom line. I got $9.3 billion. I'd like a piece of that. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what everybody's going to be doing right here. So what's it come down to? He walks away with 6 billion. Everybody else gets paid off and, and the world goes on, you know, Steve, Stevie, the thing I found funny was how coincidental is this? Because does he, he, he's home now until further notice because of spinal surgery bro what isn't that very familiar for the first time when the government was after him and when he was walking around with the neck he's killing his spine every time he gets charged does it not sound like the same exact while you while you guys search my house i'm gonna go hang out by these two are these both of those two failed suicide attempts where he jumped off the roof and the cc brothers pulled him out of the bushes and he had a broken neck in one and he had a broken back in the other I I disagree with you. This thing is going to go away. This is a huge nothing burger because, gentlemen, everybody in the chat, we have some late breaking news, Vince. Oh, my. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Hold on. Hold on, guys. WWE is proud to announce that the head writer of Raw and SmackDown is now Hunter Biden. (laughs) Very nice. Creative. Target drop. Yeah. All right, Kevin Mullen, Russo, people that doubt you, uh, as you always said, ratings don't like WWE best when you and Ed were in charge. You need to come to Glasgow, bro, for a Celtic yeah. game. Kevin, thank you very, very much. I think, he, I think Kevin makes a great point here. Here's the other part with Vice, and I know he's laid low, and he was kind of the catalyst for me going to OVW, so you can blame him. But Ed Ferrara never gets followed up with. Also, never takes any of the big bullets not while you're in, out not there. In, <laughs> you know, you're like, you got 15 arrows sticking out of you, and Ed goes, what's going yeah, on? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> Ed's nowhere to be found. Yeah, dude, he, he's MIA. So if there's anybody behind this, all this Vice stuff, could it be Ed Ferrara? It could be, that? man. Trav, F-D-Y. Trav's a good friend of the program, oh, guys. Salute to you, Vince. I haven't seen the... Dark side of the ring, but what happened at Bash of the Beach is still my favorite, most shocking, and draw-dropping moment in wrestling. I thought it was 100% real, and your promo was legendary. Thank you uh, very much, Trav. Let's go on to EL1993. Why did Nash and Jarrett get WCW title reigns instead of Goldberg in 2000? I don't hate them, but were they the biggest draws that year over Goldberg? Oh my God, I, I I can't even remember back in 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 that time, man. When when did Goldberg peak, bro? When when was that streak? Uh, that streak been? When did 98, 99. Yeah, well, 98, 99. 99. 97, yeah, yeah. Always yeah. hard to follow that up. It's it's the thing with this, buddy. Even two thousand, he's still green as grass, right? And you can put a title on a guy like that and have competent heels work around him. But you're only going to get so many times with a guy who's pretty limited in his skills to do that. So it's better to have him as a feature that comes in, cleans house, and can stay a monster. Because my coach, Rip Rogers, would say belts are for guys who can't get over with character. So uh, a guy like him doesn't need a belt if he's already over. You paid your ticket to watch him come down in two minutes and smash somebody. Do you really want to see him during that time pulling 20 minutes with somebody to go, look at what a great technician I am? Mm. 
you know. So, well, and then I, if you, go ahead. No, I was going to say I, I I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I would look at that U.S. title match with Raven on Nitro. Raven carried him to a pretty long match, and Goldberg didn't look lost, didn't look clumsy, didn't look like Logan Paul sure. kind of moving. Her. That was one of Goldberg's best matches. It was all because of Raven, in my opinion, because of the way it was laid out. But he could do it. He could definitely pull time at that time. Now it's gone. If he goes beyond two minutes, he's he. Everybody's in danger. If he, but is that how you want to see him? You know what I mean? Like why you you want him to come through, crash through the whole city like Godzilla, and be gone? My belief, my belief is Goldberg should have had a run as champion like Roman Reigns did. And okay. been that dominant and been like a Hulk Hogan type of baby face. It, it just would have worked out a little bit better. And then when Vince came in, there would have been a ready-made angle there. Goldberg could have been right in the middle. New blood, millionaires club. I don't know. Yeah. There's your there's your company-wide angle right there. Yeah, and the, and that's us three booking creatively of like the best for business for the fans and for the character. Now, what's Scott Steiner, Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan, <laughs> Ric Flair? What do they got to say about it? Like, oh, now you get to run it through those filters of, hey, don't you want to put this guy over the top of you guys and have a draw? Fuck that! I'm yeah, the wrestlers always here, want other people to go first. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, sure, <laughs> please take it. Uh, Alex Constantino, Stevie, I am the biggest Booker T fan ever. Could you give me a good Booker T story? Also, would he be on your Mount Rushmore of guys you wouldn't want to fight? I don't think there's anybody on this planet that I would want to fight. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm Mount Rushmore that's that, that the size of the Grand Canyon. Um, Booker T story for probably maybe I would – I would guess for years, even though we worked, we had had that match over an uh, insurrection at the England pay-per-view, which I enjoyed. We had uh, one or two velocity matches, and we talked a lot. I will say this, that Booker, Booker's commentary, number one, there's two things. Booker's commentary during dark matches is the reason he went into the commentary table. It was so entertaining, all this stuff and that. And I discovered he would call guys that he didn't know the name of Ah, this guy, this guy, this guy, right? <laughs> Until I realized about 18 months after we started working together in WWE, he was calling me this guy the whole time. <laughs> and I said, you don't know my fucking name. <laughs> ah, come on, man. No, tell me my name. Yeah, ah, you're you're silly. And he walked away. I go, you don't know my name. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, bro. Yeah. Uh, one boss, one gaming. Beva Cleavage. Kayfabe. Was it a work or a shoot? Beva Cleavage was a work. Michael, Diana. really? You didn't go back into 1950 yeah. and take Mosh and? Oh wait a minute! He said I we just up. Yeah, I looked. One hundred DOP is a dollar seventy-eight, bro. Well, you got boot five dollars for finding that out. <laughs> wait, 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 where's the boo button? Let's. Be- All right, let's uh, move right along, and then I and then I want to I want to make sure everybody knows before we go off where you could find all of us guys on a daily basis. You get this every day, bro. None of us are looking for jobs. None of us are kissing anybody's ass. We come on here and tell it like it is. Ty Salt is. Maybe you just pissed off the sponsors. Ratings don't matter if you piss off the people giving the network the money. Source from one of your books. What? 
Uh, did you write that in one of your books? That quote? I, I don't. I don't believe ever writing that one of my in mm. one of my books. To mm. be honest with you, money. Maybe you just pissed off the sponsors. Ratings don't matter if you piss off the people giving the net. How we? I, I I don't understand how you're going to piss off the sponsors with a with a show that's in a nine to eleven o'clock time slot, which is a adult time slot i don't know how you're gonna and also if the the ratings are higher they more willing to put up with your bullshit if they don't like you yeah because you're drawing money for the company yeah i don't understand that but i i never said if you piss off the people giving the network the money i never said that bro so maybe you were reading somebody else's book dominic carter elsewhere at bash of the beach 2000 daphne vitamus hancock in a wedding gown match not complaining but why didn't wcw ever do a proper women's division well, bro, I never had the time to do a proper uh, women's division because, quite frankly, I wasn't there long enough. So I can't, I can't speak for everybody else, but I never really had the time to get to that. I would uh, probably, I would probably tell them to refer to your TNA booking for what could have happened in WCW with the women. Oh, that was great! Yeah, the uh, yeah. the knockouts were great. Beautiful um, people, all that. Yeah, yeah. Ben, I don't know about this. Pretty tired. What's your opinion of the Ryback Booker T situation? I'm not that familiar with that situation. Are you? Uh, I think Booker T mainly stepped up to be the company man for WWE after Ryback. You know, trying to expose them and how they've had him shadow banned as trademarks for years, and then he finally wins and does kind of the. Uh, ha ha, gotcha, bitch. Uh, back at him, and Booker T steps up to be like, This guy never wants to work here again. Like, you that's not how you do this, you know, to play politics. They go back and forth about it, and then it becomes like, You want to fight? Then let's fight. Let's have a match or a, a shoot fight in Bellator. Booker accepts, and we're like, And, and then all of a sudden, Booker says fights off, or but if we see each other, it could be on site at the Charlotte airport or whatever. Like, you imagine that you're just there, and all of a sudden, Booker T and Ryback are throwing hands in front of Chick Fil A. <laughs> like, <laughs> what kind of worker shit is this? So, I think Booker, you know, was trying to be a senior worker and pull uh, a little rank on him, uh, being like, "Why are you saying this dumb shit?" And then at the same time, it, it escalated to let's let's go, let's throw down. And I think the office stepped on Booker and said, don't sell for him. Don't. We've been doing this. We've been doing this silent heat on him for seven years. Let's not blow it off. And and we got other legal things going on. This is the last thing we need right now. So he recants. And now here we are in some weird space where nothing's going to happen. You know what yeah. I mean? So uh, question for Stevie. Why were you winning out of WCW in 1997? Seems like uh, would have been a great long-term fit with Raven. Keep making gains. Yeah. What, what What happened, Stevie? Well, what you have is uh, somebody in their mid-20s that really didn't have an idea or an understanding or appreciation for TV time invested, money invested, all that stuff. And that's kind of why I left ECW quickly. I mean, it was a financial thing on the side with Paul. I know it's a that's a shock for everybody here. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just one of those things at the time. And I was injured. I, w- I needed neck surgery. And I just when you're not in the right state of mind and you're pretty emotional and you don't have the perspective that I have at 51 now, it just, you make bad decisions. It's being young, making bad decision after bad decision, but I'm very happy I came out of that and learned those lessons. And actually it was really good years later, even in WWE and then TNA and ROH and all these places to have, to be humbled, have the perspective and wanting to prove myself each and every day. So 
I kind of got knocked down a few rungs after that. And I, I, you know, I got humbled and that was, that was a good thing in my entire scope of my life. Yeah. And some people don't don't know me at all. Salt of the earth. Vince, I know you're frustrated. First of all, I'm not frustrated, bro, at all. I don't like when people lie about me. That's not being frustrated. There is no frustration in me. If you make up shit about me, I it is going to make me mad. I know you're frustrated, but didn't Jesus say, love our enemies, forgive everyone, bless and pray for our enemies? The animosity is not good. Guys, did I just not make a, a million excuses for Hulk Hogan? Yeah. Didn't Jesus also say, ah, my ribs, what are you doing? Yeah, do I? What, what, what oh, the because that doesn't work for me, brother. I, don't <laughs> yeah, bro. I got creative control over you hammering these hands. What animosity? Hands. I, don't, I don't have any animosity towards any of these people. I'm not frustrated. But, bro, when you go on national television and you make up lies that concern me, Yes, bro, it's going to make me mad. But I promise you, salt of the earth, there's no frustration and there's zero animosity. Did I call Eric Bischoff one word in the last hour and a half? That, did I? Or did I just tell you what happened? Go ahead, Stevie. Well, I was going to say, just uh, not an analogy that's true because you're not Jesus, but Jesus did overturn the money changers tables yes, and cut did. a promo on yes. I and they were deceitful they were dishonest and they were also greedy so yes. these these traits kind of go into the situation in my opinion you know who's not a christian and you know what i say fuck them that's what i say pal b40 b40 <laughs> they gave bischoff and jared a better edit than you conrad thompson connected to the show had something to do with that i don't believe that bro i i have a very good relationship with conrad bro um for a long time as a matter of fact bro i called conrad just last week uh to pick his brain about something I don't believe that um, at all, bro. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I don't believe that at all. Hey, our friend Frank's Pickle Barrel ass. Thank you, Frank. We love you, Frank. Yeah, I talk Absolutely. to Frank every day on social media. Great dude, man. Great dude. Yeah, right, shares guys, everything I'm, we got going on, man. Yeah, awesome. I'm going through these as we wrap up. Ben, while I'm looking for the next super sticker, tell everybody about uh, Ben Hummy Media, how they yeah. could subscribe, Horseshoe Genetics. Tell them mm -hmm. about everything you got going on. Yeah, man, I'm uh, working on my own dispensary right now in central New York, so that's eating up a lot of my time, but we're still getting all the shows out at channelattitude.com. Uh, locker room inside with uh, the veterans on Monday and Friday, as long as well as all the review shows throughout the week for all AEW shows with uh, our great uh, group of co-hosts, man. So wrestling seven days a week over there, plus pick them challenges and the, you know, everything with premium live events, only $5 to join Hameen media group as well. And we're revamping some things uh, right now with our, uh, online on Facebook, uh, as well. So we'll get that online in the next week for SummerSlam. Uh, but as well, if you are into the cannabis growing scene, go to horseshoegenetics.com for the best nutrients line. And we're about to drop veg bomb. I got to order those stickers tonight as well. Uh, and, uh, you can get the best seeds there as well. Premium seeds. Do you want, so do you want to plug the worm juice? 
Oh, you got to have worm juice. If you're going to, if you got worm juice, you got to get CalMag and you could also have Climax cloning solution. So <laughs> it's all available on there. And then all of our nutrients are available on Amazon as well. So you can check out Horseshoe Genetics, one of my companies there, but I'm just so thankful to be uh, able to be a part of Channel Attitude and, and be here with two absolute legends in this business to talk the real inside shoot, brother. So sit down before I got to high five you and tip some beers because the last outlaw is here yes stevie <laughs> tell everybody not only about stevie Ritness fitness of course we've known that for years but bro this new endeavor uh that you you've taken on which is just skyrocketing bro tell everybody about that and how they can become a part of it man yeah it's the uh, stevie richards wrestling analysis channel i know that's really catchy and creative but, <laughs> but yeah we're about to hit twenty thousand subscribers that's and it's awesome. been very it's been great because, like, throughout all the years of wrestling, I I always seriously studied film. That's why I was a big fan of football. I would study film on guys I would have to work, number one, selfishly, because I want to know what they do so they don't hurt me. And number two, politically, in a way, if I knew what you did and I could craft a spot or a finish that I'm comfortable with that puts you over, no wrestler is ever going to argue with that. So yeah. I armed myself throughout my career, but I never knew that like I could take it to such a level to try to educate and hopefully entertain people using that smart board back there. But that's what I've done with the wrestling analysis. I break down spots, finishes, finishing sequences. Uh, I even added most underrated wrestlers playlist to YouTube because I really want to honor the unsung heroes in the history of the business. And I appreciate guys like Brad Armstrong and other people that were underrated. So also we have the versus series. So tomorrow we're actually going to debut the versus series who did the move better? It's going to be the belly-to-belly suplex, Magnum TA versus Shane Douglas. And I actually have a split player where I'm playing both That's awesome, at the same man. time to compare. Well, you know, people people, you know, take their time and their money and they invest in what we do. I always try to improve. So, you know, it's grown. I'm really grateful. I'm always going to try to up the production. And we also have patreon.com forward slash Stevie Richards. And that's exclusive content, including full match analysis. And now early access to the videos on a YouTube channel. So 24 hours before it goes live on YouTube, you're able to see that and also get exclusive content. Once again, thank you to everybody out there for the support. And guys, for me, everything is russosbrand.com, bro. We got so many great people on there. Ben and Stevie, uh, Stevie Ray, Disco Inferno, um, Al Snow, awesome. Al Snow, EC3, just incredible. Taylor Hendricks, so many great people on the channel, bro. Check it out, Russo'sBrand.com. Also, Patreon.com forward slash Russo. TWC, Justin Pink, two, $2. What, what's he saying there, Ben? Ha ha. Y'all, that's what he's saying. He's saying go over to twitch.tv slash Hameen Media right after this. I'm going to be doing the watch along for Dynamite, playing all your favorite 90s hip hop jams and singing uh, karaoke along with. Uh, Reg, this one's for Vince. You have a top five for us as you enjoyed working with for during your time in WWE. God bless you guys. I got to be honest with you, REJ. I enjoyed working with 98% of them, bro. Like there were. There were some people that were issues, but they were, you know, in the minority, bro. I guess, you know, I mean, Kurt Angle's up there, man. I love working with Kurt. I loved working with Dustin during Goldust. Mick was always fun to work with because he's just so creative, bro. Uh, so, so many people 
so many people to mention, bro. That gold dust stuff is some of the most high level writing you're ever going to see yeah, in wrestling man. that touches on so many different and things. And he was brilliant. He was yep. brilliant. Team Russo for Life, fellow Sachem grad, wow. 1994, former loyal Will the Video, Will the Thrill video customer on Porsche mm. Road in Ronkonkwa next <laughs> to the world. Yes. Ron, Thank you on. for bringing up the good old days, bro. <laughs> I wish I had those video stores. The Gunslinger, would you ever write for NWA Wrestling? Ben? Show me I would say show them one thing and they might let you. But you got to show them one thing. Yeah, one thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> guys, I, at this point, like, I would be open to consulting. I would not be open to full-time writing. My days of going on the road and doing all that stuff are over, bro. That's done. Awesome sauce. I know awesome sauce. Vince, as your gimmick on TV was a New Yorker. Bro, you should have driven a taxi to the ring and come <laughs> home. Very nice. Yes. Dude, that would have been awesome. An old yellow cab. That's how you got to go from show to show. That's Yes. <laughs> Let's see. Michael Cassell. This was fun. Yes, it was, Michael. Yeah, Thanks for doing this, gentlemen. Looking good, Uncle Stevie. Hope you're doing well and ready for football season like I am. Guys, you can get this with us every single week, man. Just go to channelattitude.com. You'll see my stuff. You'll see Ben's stuff. And, you know, bro, it's a family, man. Join the family. Absolutely. It's cheap. It's inexpensive. And we'll have fun like this every day. Awesome. So, Stevie, what was Macho like to wrestle? Wrestled him once. I wrestled him in Salt Lake City on Nitro. The night of upsets where every guy who was underneath went over on a star. Except. Except Stevie Richards. He got completely <laughs> squashed. Elizabeth jabbed him, broke his nose. All I mean, he got destroyed. I, mean, mm. I thought Angelo was going to come down the ring and start kicking me. <laughs> you you should sue for defamation of character of Stevie Richards for that match where he everybody put, else put got on to me win. again. He insulted. He defamed yeah. me. <laughs> yes. Dude, I, would get, I would get like as much as the, the national deficit if mm -hmm. I said everyone, everyone defame me throughout. <laughs> yeah. uh, Michael. Ask listen five dollars. Thank yeah. you very much, Michael. I want to get all of you guys in here with the donations and the super stickers. James get me Asla. Get me the assless son. The guy with no ass. <laughs> if you were restricted during your time in WCW and you were able to allow everything unfold how you envision, what would it have looked like? It would have been great, bro. It would have been awesome. Trust me, man. Ed and I knew what we were doing we would have taken the Attitude Era to the next level. I think there would have been a lot of improv involved. We were talking about doing stuff like that. I think we would have literally evolved the Attitude Era. Uh, but unfortunately, we never got the opportunity to do that. All right, let me just go through these guys. I don't. I want to make sure I don't miss any of you. Yeah, I think that may be it. And, and thanks to everybody who cheered tonight, man. We know yeah, you worked hard man. for your money, yo. That that's uh, very cool. All the super stickers uh, that were cheered tonight. Yeah, and guys, join us, man. Join us weekly. We do this every week. We don't hold back. We're not politically correct. We're not looking for jobs. We're just looking to have a good time and be honest. So. Go to channelattitude.com. You'll you'll see where you can get all my stuff, all Ben stuff, and of course, you know, uh, Stevie Rich's fitness. Guys, thanks for joining us, man, and have a great rest of your night. Oh, wait, one more, one more, bro, at the buzzer. Classic J Live. Thanks for all the great memories, guys. I'm wondering, Stevie, my question is, what was your most favorite gimmick of all time? Was it the right to censor? No, it wasn't. And I'm not saying it because my writer is right here, but Dr. Stevie, 
Dr. Stevie represented a new fresh start for me, a new character because WWE run, I was just getting jobbed out. Vince and the company invested money, built me an office, did vignettes for six to eight weeks, did, did everything they're not doing today to get a talent over. And I was the talent that was actually just jobbed completely out for years. And Vince and the writing team rebuilt me with the structure that we talk about each and every week on the Raw and SmackDown reviews. It's and, a simple and, formula. And not only that, Stevie, honestly, as a shoot, how much fun was it, bro? It was we the had most a blast. fun I ever had. But you and I both had a great attitude about everything. I, like I told you, I want to come in and get Abyss over. I want to make him a monster again. I want to work Kurt. I want to be the heel that gets the baby faces over. Then Vince Russo will write a promo and I'll have a $50,000 bounty. I'll have this. <laughs> I'll, get my, I'll get myself back over. Yeah. In that formula, just that little run I did, people talk about we that could great be time. dozens of talents if you just follow yeah. the same simple blueprint. Do you think, though, Stevie, uh, is Abyss going to be okay? You think he's going to be okay? Is he going to be okay? I didn't like his match. I told him. Didn't like Oh, it. no, you did not. <laughs> I the Instagram message. Oh, I, no. I just watched the match from 20 years ago. I oh, don't like god. it. Oh, my God. All <laughs> right, guys, thanks for joining us. You guys were great. Thanks for all the donations, super stickers, bro. It helps all of us out and everybody on the brand. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. Jesus.